0: Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the NFC East edition. We're catching up. Uh, unfortunately, Robert got uh, got pretty sick last week. COVID did a number on him and we were unable to produce. So we're going to give you a double feature this weekend here. Uh, yes. We were hoping to do some Super Bowl uh, predictions for this episode, but that has come and gone. So
1: we can at least discuss what happened. What uh, what did you think of the big game? Yeah, so I think we kind of touched base on it a little bit. You know, I thought that Cincinnati, their biggest weakness was going to be their offensive line, and the offensive line was really the reason they lost. You know, I, Joe Burrow had little to no time, and, and that that actually proved true on the last play of the game, right? they uh, Jamar Chase was wide open, and um, they didn't have time to get him the ball it uh, kind of proved that point of that beam at the, at the beginning of the draft or the during the draft where, you know, Jamar Chase was going to be wide open at the deep and, you know, Joe Burrow is going to be lying on his back. So I thought that was kind of funny.
0: So Robert, you're a, a big Saints fan and obviously um, passing appearance in the recent years has been a, a painful memory for you. Do you feel that since he is kind of in a situ- same situation here with these calls or are you thinking that the
1: referees didn't have a big say in the outcome of the game i don't think they had a big say just because of the time you know the Bengals still had a chance to win that game um and and it didn't really play out like like the like the the pass interference call didn't play out the outcome of the game if you understand what I'm saying, they could, they shouldn't have called holding or they should have called holding on T Higgins um, on the, you know, the fourth down or the third down conversion. And you know, that would have changed. Absolutely would have changed the, uh, the complexion of the game. But at the same time, like, you know, Cincinnati had multiple opportunities, uh, especially in the second half there to kind of go back in, into the game. And the offensive line just didn't do many favors.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I I did not like how it was inconsistent how they were calling the uh, defense uh, for for the defensive pass interference throughout the game. But I agree, since he had still had a shot to win and and they couldn't quite get it
1: done. You could have argued too. You could argue that the T Higgins face mask should have been called uh, against Higgins right on the seventy five yard touchdown. Yeah, of course that so, was the one everyone. So, I mean, you know,
0: wants the point to. Yeah,
1: but to be fair. Aaron Donald was all out on fourth and one in the last play of the game. So, yeah,
0: my thing for this Bengals. So I have a few really big Bengals fans. And, you know, most of them are saying, hey, Joe Burrow's so young, like, of course, we wanted to win this, but we're going to be back and we're going to win multiple Super Bowls. And I do love Joe Burrow, but we talked about this before and just how fantastic the quarterback, the young quarterback talent is in the F.C., I just wonder how many Super Bowls can Cincy really get to. I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of an Aaron Rodgers situation where you feel he's always underachieving, but it might be more because of these great quarterbacks in the AFC.
1: I think it actually has more to do with the the offensive line, right? Like the defense overperformed this entire playoff run, and – I don't think the defense is nearly as good as you know they they played in the in the the Super Bowl run. It's just like it was kind of just like the uh, run that Tampa Bay went on last year, where their defense like, you know, just was just playing out of their minds, uh, getting turnovers left and right. You know, uh, shutting guys down. I, I think that's kind of what happened with this defense. You know, they got hot at the right time. I I agree. I definitely agree. Do you want to go ahead and jump back into the NFC though, East now though, and we can start with the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some teams that probably won't be winning the Super Bowl anytime soon. Yeah, right. Uh, So I like to call them the NFC least, not because of the fantasy football players in them, because actually I think this division has a lot of very, very good fantasy football players. Starting off with Dallas, Dak Prescott. I love Prescott. I think they're a great fantasy quarterback. I think they're a very solid, good NFL. But for fantasy, uh, I'm very happy if they're my QB1. Um, the only thing really separating Zach and, uh, the quarterbacks I have ahead of them are is age. That's the only thing he's turning 29 this summer. He's going to be there for a long term. He, uh, he just signed the big contract. Um, I, I don't know how much really to say like he's QB seven and startup ADP
1: behind all the young QBs. Like, I feel that's the exact right spot. Yeah, I don't think there's much to discuss with Prescott. You know, um, he came back from the injury this year. Uh, you'd like to see maybe those rushing stats go up a tad bit, but, uh, you know, he's, he played pretty well, under the especially under the circumstances of coming back from that injury. You know, I think the big topic of conversation, though, with the Cowboys at least, is uh, Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Yeah, it seems um, it's another off season where everyone in the Dynasty community is doing their offseason just assault on Ezekiel Elliott. I, I don't really understand it that much. Like, ever, why do people act like he is an RB three
1: or a bad RB two? I don't know who's. I don't know who's saying that. I mean, I my opinion just on Ezekiel Elliott is just, he's not going to be nearly as effective as he ever as he was previously ever again. Um, I, and I think he is proving that he was completely overpaid.
0: So he is drafted at RB twenty two in startup. So he's nearly an RB three but i still think he has rb1 seasons in him rb1
1: seasons so i think he's gonna be an rb1 until he gets replaced right like and and you're not gonna be able to like you can't bench him uh you know so until his contract is cuttable he's probably not going anywhere and he's probably gonna be an rb1 so yeah and uh, his cap situation i agree
0: is a big part of it uh it's very hard to get out of their cap until after the 2023 season so two more seasons even then it's still six million in dead cap so report was is that in week four uh zeke tore his uh, had a small tear in his pcl so uh, one of the ligaments that supports the knee in the first four weeks of the season Zeke elliott was rb4 overall only behind uh derrick henry Eckler and if y'all remember Cordell Patterson was just lighting the world on fire with touchdowns at the beginning he's still finished he's still finished really well like I don't know a lot of people are like have you heard of all these people saying Pollard is better than Zeke I don't think think that's
1: outperformed Zeke in the second half of the season after the injury but he wasn't better (laughs) I, <laughs> Zeke just too overpaid for the production that he brings at this point oh yeah nFL wise it was a terrible contract um they paid
0: him a long term deal that's hard to get out of right as he was starting to decline and at this point he's you know it's he's declined quite a bit from peak Zeke but with the volume and the offense I see Zeke Having two more years between RB6 and RB15.
1: So for me, if I'm a championship window, Zeke's still very, very valuable to me. Yeah. If I, I, my big thing with Tony Pollard is, you know, I think I'd rather have him for $1 million than Zeke for whatever they're paying him, right? Like I would not pay Zeke anywhere near the amount of money that they paid him just like with CMC, right? Like CMC is vastly overpaid for the production you're getting, especially after the injuries. The other
0: part is Pollard Pollard's going to be off of this team before Zeke is. Pollard's an unrestricted free agent after 2022. I don't yeah, think he's, he's going to get paid too. He's going to get paid. So yeah, I mean, he's going to get good money. I I wonder how much cuz I really don't see Pollard I guess naturally we can talk about Pollard now. I don't see Pollard as a like full-time running back i don't see them having 250 300 touches in a season i think that you're hoping they have a lot of work in the passing game and that they're efficient and that's how they give you fantasy production
1: it's hard to know right because you don't know where he's gonna go um and that's that's kind of the hard thing with a lot of these like free agent like where, where you're like hoping that somebody leaves in free agency like you don't know where he's gonna go right it could be a kenny and drake situation where he goes and backs up josh jacobs or maybe it's like, you know, a situation where you have a James Conner where maybe he goes and now he's the lead back in Arizona and he gets all these touchdowns. So, you know, there's two sides to this coin and, you know, you have to kind of weigh those risks. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Tony Pollard as a backup or sorry,
0: as a handcuff on my dynasty teams right now, uh, for this one year, they'll at least give me that. And then after the season, who knows? Um, once free agency happens next off season, that's going to determine it. Like you said, will it go the Drake route where their value is nearly crushed? Or are they going to land in a good
1: spot where we're thinking they'll have a lot of work? Yeah, I'm not taking a risk on it. I I feel like, you know, I feel like his value is too exorbitant right now for something that could be just a still a handcuff next year. I like Tony Pollard as an NFL player. I don't necessarily like him as a fantasy asset, though. Yeah. Do you have anything else on the running backs here? No. So the the wide receivers, I think as a group, they all underperformed. uh, So starting off with CeeDee Lamb. So CeeDee Lamb was wide receiver 19. He had 120 targets, 79 receptions, 1,102 yards, and six touchdowns. And then Amari Cooper was wide receiver 27 with 103 targets, 68 receptions, 865 yards, and eight touchdowns. I think what you're kind of looking at there is, one, why did they struggle with the targets? with the catch percentage. Um, you know, they had uh Z- CD lamb was right around about 67%. You'd want to see that a little bit higher. Um, I would like to see him kind of looking at more like 90 out of 120. Uh, and that kind of would put him even higher. Um, and then, you know, with, with Amari Cooper, you know, he was supposed to be a number one wide receiver. <laughs> you know, why is he not getting more targets in this offense? And he has a tendency to disappear in big games, you know? So why, So what's going on there, you know, and why is this offense underperforming with the amount of weapons that they have? If you have a team that's trotting out, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, and a top 10 offensive line easily, why are you not putting up huge, huge numbers? I
0: definitely agree with the talent. But honestly, the line, the line's gotten older, and the line, it hasn't stayed healthy. I think the biggest problem with their offense is definitely the offensive line right? We we all remember a few years ago, it was like every player on the line was a darn all pro, but uh, the center retired, the left tackle can't stay healthy, the right tackle's playing poorly. They're still a good line. I just, I don't think they're maybe top 10. They're probably middle pack in my opinion, but part of it, too many months to feed, I think, right? We didn't even mention Gallup and Wilson. I think Gallup and Wilson are, in terms of a three and a four, I'm hard pressed to find a, a better three and a four on a team.
1: So they're both unrestricted free agents. So that's a big deal, right? Like I don't know if you can pay either of them. Yeah, it just depends on
0: it depends on what contracts they keep. We I don't know. Jerry that Jones exact, has all that, the money in the world. If he wants to give someone a dumb amount of money and signing bonus so that the cap number is low, I wouldn't be surprised,
1: but I expect them both to leave. I, I do agree. Yeah, I mean, the the Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott contracts by themselves make, you know, so much so much of a heartache to to, to kind of dance around the cap. And then Amari Cooper is also, you know, he has a pretty decent cap number as well. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't think they're going to keep any of them. And that other guy, too, that's uh, under stricter free agent is Dalton Schultz. Uh, he was tight in three this year with 104 targets, 78 receptions, 808 yards, eight touchdowns. I am selling him at that 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 value as much as I can get because I don't think he's going to even come close to that value. Just look at last year, right? He had the same workload pretty much and didn't produce nearly the same level. So I think you're looking at a a aberration rather than the new norm for Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Schultz Schultz is
0: getting taken at Titan eleven on startups. That's what they did last year. Um. The thing was they were tied in five in points per game. I don't know. It depends on where they go. Honestly, I think what happens is I think that they're going to franchise Tag Schultz because I don't think Jarwin is really that good. Like everyone loved Jarwin not long ago, but ACL injury, hip injury, they've lost both years. I mean,
1: they are I think it would be a mistake for them to 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 franchise tag Dalton Schultz. I think they need to spend the money elsewhere. Well, the
0: thing is, is a franchise is so cheap for um, for tight ends. I think it's only like seven million dollars. It's really, it's not that much.
1: I mean, um, I would just prefer to get a cheaper option in tight and free agency as a tight end because I don't think Dalton Schultz is like you know a, a All Pro tech cal- caliber tight end, right? So I'm not. I prefer to spend that money on somebody that's like kind of an average tight end and kind of because you know you're gonna get whatever you want out of the tight end because you have just how. Much coverage is sent, sent to CD Lamb and Amari Cooper, and if they sign it, if they re, can re-sign Gallup, you know, then that's even more right. You, you have pretty much whatever you want out of the tight end. Uh, you're going to get easy coverages. You know, you're going to get the worst uh, linebacker. You know, so I think I think it just makes more sense for them to go with an average tight end and and kind of re-shore up that offensive line and work on the defense stuff like that. So I, I'm wondering CD Lamb it
0: feels like you people either are valuing them as the next tier behind Justin Jefferson and uh Jamar or they're valuing them like significantly lower like so they're going as wide receiver 3 in dynasty i feel you're either on board with that or you're thinking they're like wide receiver 12 wide receiver
1: 15 yeah i would say probably wide receiver 12 wide receiver 15 um especially because you know amari cooper is probably going to be there for at least a couple more years um you know Zeke's going to take up touches, Tony Pollard's going to take up touches. Kind of your best situation, best case situation is Amari Cooper leaves um and then he becomes the undisputed number 1, but if they do that then that's just going to you just need to rebuild if you're cow- the Cowboys at that point because you know the offense really is per- uh, predicated right now on having multiple star wide receivers and the you know the star w- running back. So if you cut Amari Cooper, you know, you need you need to have You you need to sign a wide receiver at that point. So either way, they do need they need a, you know, they're gonna have somebody over there to to kind of replace that volume. But I don't think you're gonna see that much more volume than 120 targets. Um, you know, maybe that goes up, uh, you know, about 140, which would be great. But I don't think you're gonna see much with the type of wide receiver that Ceedee Lamb is. I think he's more of a kind of a deep threat than a than a possession receiver. See, I'm I'm as about as
0: big of a fantasy of CD, of CD Lamb as there can be I'm two I've ranked them number three in my dynasty rankings um between the talent I think they're the most talented wide receiver in that 2020 class that was this, the Judy class the Rager class the IU class oh the Justin Jefferson class by the way uh that's a fantastic class honestly it hasn't proven to be as good as we all thought it would be with many of those being misses or at least slow production. I I love C.D. Lamb. Um, The age is the big thing. He hasn't even turned 23 yet. And um, I I do think Cooper sticks around next year. But after that, uh, it's only 4 million dead caps. I I expect him to be moved on. He'll be turning um, 29 before 2023 season. part is, with Cowboys, is they're so successful in drafting wide receivers. I think they probably take a third or fourth rounder this year that we're going to be like, "Wow, they did it again." And you know, it'll be like a Michael Gallup type player that is uh producing and I could see them replacing Cooper that way they hopefully don't need to bring in another free agent. Um yeah, I love Lamb. Cooper, he's he always seems to underperform. Like, I'm not I'm not a huge Cooper fan.
1: I think he has underperformed, you know, I, I wonder though, how much that's been the offense because the offensive offense in general in Dallas, since, uh, Dak really took over as quarterback really has been pretty inconsistent, you know, and that's partially due to, you know, they had Jason Garrett before and, you know, I'm not, I haven't been a big fan of McCarthy at all. I think McCarthy's done pretty, a pretty terrible job. Um, and the NFC East has not been really all that great. So it's not like it's hard to win games there, but you know, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they've performed to the standard that they should with the amount of talent that they have.
0: Yeah. I mean, that goes for the Cowboys in general. They've just underperformed. It seems every year nearly.
1: But I don't have anything else about the Cowboys, you know. I, I feel like we kind of hit everything that we need to talk about, you know. Dalton Schultz, uh, you know, who if if you think he's going to stay, then he's probably worth, you know, a pretty good price. You can probably buy him and get a pretty good price for him. Um, but I think he's going to leave. Um and then Blake Jarwin, you know, if I don't really think that he's probably worth anything, but you could probably roster him just in case he does start next year, but I I think they're going to bring in a cheap option. For me, I like Schultz. I think that tight end eleven price
0: is very reasonable for someone that has shown they can produce. Uh, Either they bring him back, or he probably goes to a situation where they're going to pay him good money. Like Schultz is, I think, on the free agent market, earned a pretty good contract. So, yeah, I'm buying Schultz. Um, He's still young. He he turns twenty six this summer. So, for a tight end. Uh, that's pretty cheap. Give me that. Yeah. That's really all I have for Dallas. They have all their picks. They have a co- extra fourth projected. So they're, they're doing fine with draft capital. I think they should be focusing on their offensive line and defense mostly personally, but yeah, that's all I have for Dallas.
1: Yeah. You never know what Jerry Jones. It's very true. So the Eagles, um, I, I think the biggest question here is the quarterback. You know, do they go into uh, go into next season with Jalen Hurts? Um, do you go with Gardner Gardner Minshew? Do you swing for the fences with a top quarterback? Uh, what, you know, what do you what do you think they're gonna do? Yeah, you're totally right. QB is really the only thing of
0: concern to talk about here.
1: I don't know about that. I mean, I I have other questions about this team as well. But
0: what I would do is I would give Hurts another year. See if they can take more steps because right now what you're getting is not enough. We saw how very clearly in Tampa Bay game for the playoffs, he couldn't get it done. Um, as a fantasy QB, he was in a, he was amazing this year. He crushed it. The question is, can they be a starter in the NFL? It's that simple. What do you think is hurts going to be able to be a, in, in three years, what will hurts be doing is the
1: question. Your dream is that he becomes Josh Allen. I think the more realistic option is that he is just a solid running quarterback. I am not on the train for Jalen, Hur- Jalen hurts. I you know I think this the touchdown to interception ratio is kind of the key point there um but the thing is right he's improved right he p- improved from Alabama to to Oklahoma. He's improved from Oklahoma to the NFL. So you want to see those continued improvements. So I would give him time as well. But at the same time, you know, I feel like they definitely definitely need more weapons, especially in the wide receiver room. Um, and I think that's the key, right? Like Devontae Smith, I love Devontae Smith. But at the same time, like your number two receiver is either Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager, and neither of them are really all that great. Jalen Rieger is probably the biggest miss in the draft in years. Um, just because, you know, everybody wanted, everybody thought that they should have drafted Justin Jefferson pre-draft. And then they just come out of left field with Jalen Rieger. So, you know, I, I think with Jalen Hurts, I want to see what he looks like with an, with a, with another receiver um, next to him.
0: I agree. I definitely want to see another year of Jalen Hurts. You're totally right. They've improved completion percentage, went up significantly. Interception percentage went down. Yards per attempt had a boost. QBR went up significantly. He he t- definitely can, can uh, improved. My concern in dynasty is I'm although I think they should do it. I don't know what they'll do. So to invest as high of a pick as I need to catch alan Hurt, I'm not doing it. I'm scared that he's going to be traded to a bad situation because you know he he's going to if he gets traded right to bring in like Deshaun Watson or something like that, he's basically going to be like Jared Goff. Right. Although he has, he was traded and he was a starting quarterback that showed some success. It's like, well, we didn't draft you. So, right. How, how long are we going to trust his starting position?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and I think with Jalen hurts too, you know, all the people who own Jalen hurts in dynasty, they're not going to trade him. Um, because I think that they're all going to hope, you know, well, I hope he continues to start and, you know, I, I didn't probably, I probably didn't pay much for him. And so, you know, I, I'm like, man, I, you know, I'll I'll hold him on and see if I can actually, you know, get some value out of it and see if he actually becomes a good startup, like a good starter in the NFL. Um, it, I think it all depends on what the coach there thinks and, 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 you know, and, and I don't know what's going on there, um, and but I think it's an interesting situation for Gardner Minshew. Though I think he, you know, he was decent in his first in his two starts. Um, you know, I think I think with um, Philly, you know, they, they have issues along the offensive line and they have issues along the, with the weapons and wide receiver. And I think if they can improve those two issues, I think you know with Gardner Minshew, you saw like you saw a, the ability that he has. I think he could be a serviceable starting quarterback in the NFL. I love Garter Minshew as a buy low and
0: dynasty in a super flex league. Like what? What would it cost to acquire Minshew? Maybe a fourth, probably a fifth. Like I can't imagine many people have a lot of faith in him. So I would love to buy Minshew. In his career, he started twenty five games. Now. If we adjust, if we average that out to a 17 game sample, he would, that average is 4,051 passing yards, 27.9 touchdowns, 8.2 interceptions, 352 rushing yards. Pretty nice numbers, in my opinion. You know what that would score out to be? 268 fantasy points, QB 14 last year. And his 25 starts in Jacksonville. And two spot starts in Philly,
1: and I think one interesting thing about that is he actually over outperformed Trevor Lawrence in his first starts for Jacksonville. Um, now I'm not going to say that Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. But what I'm saying is that you still he is a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. I think a great team for him would be a team we're going to talk about in a little bit is Washington. You know the Commanders, which. I don't know how I feel about that new name, but the commanders are in desperate need for a better quarterback. And while I don't necessarily know if Heineke is the answer there, I think he could provide good competition for Heineke and maybe, you know, and and see if you can kind of get the best of both. Right. Um, but you know, other than that, I mean, I, I want to see Gardner Minshew as a starting quarterback again. Yeah, I would love to see
0: him get a chance. He will be a free agent after the 2022 season. I can't imagine they trade Minshew unless they get like a pretty solid pick. Like, why did they
1: trade for him though? Like, what, like, what possessed them to trade for him is my question. I, I'm grasping at straws. I, I guess they
0: didn't trust Hurts. I mean, like, I, I don't know. It was cheap I think they only paid us it was dead. cheap
1: it was cheap but at the same time it's like you know <laughs> if you if for one, I think the Jaguars probably could have got more out of them than, than they did but at the same time like for the for the Eagles it's like I don't know if I want to show that to my you know young quarterback like hey, we don't believe in you We're gonna just go get this guy that was a serviceable starter, right? Um. I don't yeah. think that was necessarily a good idea, but moving on to the running backs Because I think we kind of beaten a dead horse there on the quarterbacks. Um, So, Miles Sanders, he's running back 44, 754 yards, zero touchdowns, 34 targets, 26 receptions, 158 yards, and zero touchdowns receiving. One thing I want to say about uh, Miles Sanders with Jalen Hurts under center, he was absolutely atrocious. But he actually had a really good game when Gardner Minshew played against the Jets. Still didn't get a touchdown, which is, you know, I don't know how he's gone this long without a touchdown as so a running back. But at the same time, I think that was encouraging. You know, if they do move on from Jalen Hurts, I think Miles Sanders is still a good, a good option at running back. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, a, wider, a running back one or anything. He probably won't, probably is a low end, wider running back two, but I think that's valuable. So I wonder, right? Was that just the Jets, uh, you know, being a bad
0: team? Why well, he had a good game that, game you're talking about um sanders man talk about sanders is another great example of when a player is being valued so high off of a small sample size sell them right remember after his first season he was rb14 as a rookie and he was going like rb5 in startups like people were you know it was like cam Akers was uh this time last year before the injury same thing just sell them it's limited sample size so sell them even if they turn out to be a superstar you're really not losing
1: much value in my opinion but yeah i don't think you're getting much i don't think you're going to get much out of them because i don't think they're going to get rid of jalen hurts Uh, i don't think they're going to find a suitor um, unless they get deshaun watson and and two uh Nick Sirianni, there, he, he seems like he wanted to run a committee. So if he's gonna run a committee, you know, you don't necessarily want Jalen or Miles Sanders at that point, right? Like because Kenneth is gonna steal the touches. He stole touchdowns from him all season. And then if they keep Jordan Howard, then Jordan Howard's gonna take touches and touchdowns. So, you know, then you're not getting any of it on your for your roster. Um you know, I, I don't necessarily I'm not a big Miles Sanders believer, but at the same time, you know, it, it would be interesting to see what would happen in this situation if Jalen Hurts does leave. It's interesting. I don't see Hurts as a
0: a detriment to Sanders' game at all. I don't know if they're correlated. I haven't looked into it enough. But just comparing uh, yards per carry in his career was four, five, seven, five, two, nine, and 5-5 five, five in the three seasons he's played which is completely inverse from his fantasy production. He was 14, 24, and 44 in his three seasons. So, all right, his yards per carry got considerably better, whereas production overall in fantasy got worse. Now, injuries have played a big factor, though, with Sanders. Four games missed in 2020, five this past year.
1: And as you mentioned, the touchdowns also played a big factor this year. He didn't have any. Yeah, and I I feel like with Sanders, I think you're – if he stays healthy, I think you could get – and I think that that t- that touchdown number is such an aberration. I feel like that's got to, he's got to go back to the mean there, right? I, I don't see any situation where you go multiple years as a running back like that, especially with a running back with like a five yards per carry, right? Like he, he was a good running back. You know, he's he's a good he's a good NFL running back. You know, I don't see any situation where he's going to have zero or even like two touchdowns. I feel like it's going to go higher than that. I feel like he's probably going to get like you know six or seven.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I I. Th- that's that's a big part, is, like, let's focus on the talent here. M- Miles Sanders is a very talented running back. He's not, like, among the elite of the elite in the NFL, but he is a very solid or a very talented running back. Now, he had six total touchdowns in his first and second season, right? So I was thinking, I'm like, with all his touches, he had zero touchdowns? That's crazy. So I, I played some math, right? So if you take his rushes, and his targets, and you get a number of touchdowns per uh, Russian target for his 19 and 20 season, and then you extrapolate that out to this past season based off of his rushes and targets, because this is actually his lowest volume season, um, he would have gotten four touchdowns this season. That's 24 more points. That extra 24 points would have taken from RB 34, excuse me, RB 44 to 34, 10 whole spot. Plus, right, he missed five games, and he was still, could, right, theoretically, should have been RB 34. Now, I don't see RB 1 in his future, but I think, you know, top 15, not 15, sorry, f- like 15 to, to 25 for the next couple years, I think that's totally, re- you know, possible important thing though to remember is hey he's a free agent after this next season so where he
1: goes Will be a
0: huge huge factor
1: Yeah, I I, I like Miles sanders better as a nfl player than a fantasy asset and same thing with tony pollard um, I think he's probably a little bit more talented than tony pollard, but at the same time, you know, you're kind of better nfl player worse fantasy player, especially because of the situation like he's not gonna They're gonna split touches in in philly, right? So Unless
0: he has an enormous 2022, I don't think he's going to be in a situation where he's the primary or lead ball carrier on a team. I think as of right now, he just falls into the category of there's probably 25 to 35 of these running backs that are like, hey, they're just very solid. They're good. And because that's all they are, they're going to be in a committee. And that, like you mentioned, he was in committee last year, and that's a big part. Gainwell stole all his touches. A little five foot eight, two hundred-pound
1: Gainwell was the coal line back instead of Sanders. I think that was partially just I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Because he Gainwell wasn't really all that effective on the goal line. No, but, he wasn't. He, I mean he's a small dude. He's he's yeah. a pass catcher. So, but let's move on to the running to the wide receivers, excuse me. So uh Devontae Smith is obviously like you know the big name there. Um Quez Watkins and Jalen Rieger. So Devontae Smith was wide receiver 29 for 104 targets, 64 receptions. Um he had five touchdowns this year. You know, I I think he had a pretty good year. And but you know his value is kind of capped because of Jalen Hurts in effectiveness. You know, I'd like to see I'd like to see what he looks like if he if he gets a superstar quarterback. Um you know I think this is a pretty decent situation. You know if they if I was the Eagles, you know, I I would I would definitely stick it out with with Hertz, but at the same time, if I could get a reasonable deal for somebody like, you know, Deshaun Watson or something like that, you know, I, I might sw- might swing it, you know, because if I if I have no issues with with the the legal situation there, you know, Deshaun Watson could be a fantastic fit, and he would probably line up perfectly with this offense in terms of, you know, the the age of the offense, so. I think this is one of the most interesting teams in fantasy because, you know, if you get a superstar quarterback, Devontae Smith might become a wide receiver one. Whereas if they stick it with Jameis Allen, hurts, he's probably a low wide receiver two, maybe a high wide receiver three. Yeah, I love Smith. I'm one of those poor souls that ranked
0: Smith over Chase last year. I truly believe the player was better,
1: and. I he's a better, drafted. he's a better fantasy receiver in a better offense, right? Like landing spot mattered a lot for Devontae Smith. Um, you know, if I feel like if he had a better quarterback, he'd probably be a wide receiver one uh, because he has the abilities of a possession receiver. And you know, I could, I think that he could, he could absolutely be a hundred fifty target, hundred thirty catch receiver in his career, long term. I I believe he will. I I don't
0: think it's like an if. I th- I think he will. I think he will eventually find a better quarterback. He's 23 years old. He doesn't turn 24 till nearly the end of the season next year. Um. He pr- I think he put to bed that the 170 pound wide receiver um cannot you know make in the NFL. I think we can all get over that because there were a lot of people worried about that.
1: I think he's Marvin Harrison. You know I I think if he can get a better quarterback, he's going to produce like Marvin Harrison. I mean, yeah. Marvin Harrison is fantasy football
0: hall of fame. Like he was an absolute rock star for years and years of man. And yeah, if he can get Deshaun Watson, I'm Devonta Smith, Ted, you know, if that trade happens this afternoon, tomorrow he's ranked as a wide receiver one for me in dynasty, like probably right up there with, you know, the top six because i i believe in the talent that much i don't i don't know what happens in philly but i am hoping that Jalen hurts can, can, can progress and you know hey that 104 targets can it turn into 125 next year right can you know the year after that hopefully it go up you know 135 right i don't think we're going to get wide receiver one numbers right away
1: but i'm hoping I you're gonna come. Yeah, you're probably not getting wide receiver one numbers with Jalen Hurts anytime soon. Uh, unless Jalen Hurts makes, you know, just a historic jump. I don't see any situation where he's gonna, you know, be the type of quarterback to give you, you know, a wide receiver one. Um one yeah. other thing to mention too with Devontae Smith is there's no other real weapon there other than Dallas Goddard. You know, uh Quez Watkins was pretty much just an average, you know, wide receiver uh, alongside him. And then Jalen Rieger, you know, like I was saying before, I think he's probably the biggest disappointment. In recent memory, yeah, um,
0: and since probably Nikhil Harry, honestly,
1: yeah, yeah, and because he hasn't he hasn't produced anything, you know, he's been he hasn't been a deep threat, he hasn't been a like a, a weapon in the short game, so you know at this point he's probably I, I would say he's not going to get a second contract, period, um, unless somebody's taking like a flyer on him. Well, he's a solid special
0: teamer, so I think he can have a career as a punt returner slash gunner but no <laughs> his uh his moment of fame was when he walked on the stage on thursday night of the nfl draft that was a, uh, I i think the highlight probably Watkins, yeah i he's all right honestly i think it's a very low likelihood he becomes a regular fantasy asset he was better than rager in this past season but I don't think the talent's great. I think it's likely that they're going to be the third or fourth wide receiver on an NFL team most of their career. So, sure, I'll take a late, late flyer with them in a startup draft, or you know, pay something real low, and it, you know, it's a
1: chance. But I'm not expecting much there at all. Yeah, and I mean, they have, um, you know, none of the wide receivers or running backs are free agents. You know, they have a couple restricted free agents in Boston Scott and Greg Ward. um, And none of, but neither of those two guys are really like worth anything. Like they're not going to make or break the team by any means. And they have a ton of draft picks, right? So they can go however they want, right? They could draft a a running or a quarterback, excuse me, not a quarterback, sorry, a wide receiver um, in the first round and also improve the offensive line. And, you know, they could, they could be a solid team next year offensively. I think if they invested in the offensive line some more uh cuz it it kind of got old after the Super Bowl like you know the Super Bowl they kind of were at their peak and and now they've kind of they've had a lot of guys leave in free agency and they've had a lot of guys get old and retire right so I think they need to kind of continue to develop that and then you know so let's see we'll see what happens with this team they they made out like bandits on that uh Indianapolis Colts trade though I saw a report the other day that Indianapolis is talking about cutting Carson Wentz and I I just think that's hilarious that they traded as much as they did and they they're talking about cutting the guy yeah
0: (laughs) yeah we've had this discussion with the Wentz situation you certainly thought it was a a really bad deal I think it could become a bad deal but I honestly thought it was I thought it was a smart trade at the time Uh, we'll see if it turns out to be you know after the fact but certainly, right now, it's helped them a lot, right? They got the uh, 16-0 overall pick in the draft because of that this, this year. What about Goddard? Um, are you are you a big fan of Goddard? Some there's some people that like love Goddard in fantasy.
1: I like Goddard as an NFL player, not necessarily as a fantasy asset with Jalen Hurts. Um, and that's that's my thing with anybody in this in this offense right now. I just don't think with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, you're going to be a superstar in fantasy.
0: No, he. Uh, no, I don't think. I took. Yes, that's totally right. But I think that right, they're a younger tight end. They just turned twenty-seven. Most of the tight ends above them that you're taking are older. Uh, so to have a a good tight end that young, I like it because you're gonna get solid tight end numbers. And then for now, and whether it's hurts improving. Or they're them replacing him with a better um, QB. I could see
1: Goddard making that jump into the elite tier. Yeah, I mean he was tight end eleven, so he wasn't bad by any means. Um, and you know, if you if Jalen Hurts makes a jump, then he's going to be better. So like, I don't. I think tight end eleven is probably the floor, right? Like, there's not going to you're not going to get much worse. Exactly. Um. So you know, why would you not want him? Right? Like, you know, if I could get him for a good price, I'm absolutely taking him because, you know, I think probably the best case scenario is, like, let's say, you know, let's say he gets Sean Watson again, right? Like, because Sean Watson, he's probably tied in five for me. Yeah, right. Maybe in higher. The moon. <laughs> yeah, like, right, like, I'm taking everything I can get, right? But at the same time, if he comes in with Jalen Hurts again, I don't know if I'm, like, overpaying by any means. I think I'm going to pay, like, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably just going to pay a average price for you know a decent tight end.
0: So who would you rather have? Would you rather have Goddard or Pat Pat Firemouth?
1: Oh lord uh they're both terrible quarterback situations. Um probably Goddard. Why just because they've proven more at the NFL level? Yeah. And and then honestly like with that It's literally just a toss up depending on who they get At quarterback for me uh, and who gets Who's the quarterback in, in um, Pittsburgh Okay What about Fant uh, I'm
0: going to go with Goddard Okay how about Knox uh,
1: Goddard And last one What about TJ Hawkinson Oh man I've loved TJ Hawkinson For so long I'm going to go with Hawk. Because I think he's like a superstar talent that is in an absolutely hot garbage offense. Yeah.
0: So I, I agree with every preference you made and actually the community does too. Those are exactly how they're being uh valued in um in a startup right now in Sleeper in that order. I, I think I think the tear break for me is honestly Hawkinson. And then the next, the rest of what we just talked about, I think they're all in the tier where they're very close. And I prefer Garter the most, but I could make, I could hear an argument for all of them being at the top of the tier and not think it's silly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think you can go anything to anything wrong there with uh, really any of those guys. If those are your top tight ends, but. I guess what I'm
0: saying is, if I have Garter and you're willing to give me any of those other tight ends, plus, I'm doing it, even if yeah. it's like. A late second or hell do it for third because I think they're pretty equivalent.
1: Yeah. So, do you have anything else about the
0: uh, Eagles? No, just overall. Right, they're one of the potentially biggest changers during free agency slash the draft. Not only do they have the draft picks, but they have been attached for a long time to Sean Watson rumor. So, stand by; they could have enormous value changes.
1: Yeah, I'm buying Devontae Smith in any league I can, um, Yeah, I by the way. I absolutely just love the talent. Love it. But let's move on to the Commanders. What do you think about the name, by the way? It's new, so it still sounds weird to
0: me. I know a lot of people have strong opinions on it. I don't. It's a name. I don't care. I really did prefer the Washington football team.
1: Oh, see, I well, hated the Washington whatever. football team.
0: I, I honestly, I don't care. Uh, I'm happy that no one feels offended. I'm sad that we live in a country where it has to be such a fight about if someone's offended or not. Like, can we just move on and play football is that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care that much, but uh, the commanders it's better than the football team at least. So Uh, let's move on to, so the quarterback situation, do you think that Taylor Heineke, Tyler Heineke is going to be the number one quarterback in Washington next year?
0: I think there's a chance. So I've sold all of my Heineken shares on uh, teams I wasn't competing on towards the end of the season right before the trade deadline just because I th- was scared that they'll have zero value come uh, post-NFL draft this season. There's definitely a chance, right? So if they take um, if they take any first-round QB, his value's nerfed. But even if they do, if they take... Um, willis i i would want to start heineke because i don't think willis is ready now obviously you want willis to become you know something great but i don't like him being thrown to the wolves in the nfl on a very average to bad football team as it is but you know i think this would be a really good spot for jimmy garoppolo if he leaves san fran trying to think are there any other veterans that would be good bridges here a bridge to what? You don't have anybody to bridge for well that's what I would do is, is I would draft Willis and I would I would bring in Garoppolo and say, Hey, I'm gonna give you a two-year contract with the first year being paid very well, you know, in the second year, uh low lim- you know, low guaranteed money. Do you want to come and make a, a really fat paycheck to play this season? Because my plan is to draft a rookie, have them sit behind you, learn, and then replace you. If he's willing to do that, I'd love that situation. Bring Garoppolo, draft Willis, and hope by year two Willis is ready to take over.
1: Yeah, I don't think this team's as good as people think it is. Um, you know, I was off the. I think you you and I had a conversation about it at the beginning of the year, and I was saying like, I don't think this team's nearly as good as people say it is. No, um, no, they caught lightning in no. bottle last playoffs, and I was like, you know, well, so the best talent on this team is Terry McLaurin or on the, the offense is Terry McLaurin. And then Antonio Gibson, those kind of the top two, right? Yeah. Um, But then they have just nothing else on the, on, on the offensive side of the ball. Eh. The offensive line is not great. I like Samuel. Samuel's and hurt Thomas most of the year. So, so Samuel was hurt most of the year and so was Logan Thomas. Um, And so you kind of have to throw this year out, but at the same time, I think that, and we'd had this conversation too last year with Curtis Samuel. I don't think Curtis Samuel is anything more than just a, you know, your average slot receiver kind of guy. That's going to be kind of a gadget player. He's not an outside receiver and he's not, she should, should not be your number two receiver on your team. In my opinion, they need an outside receiver opposite Terry McLaurin. They need an offensive line. I would say you're probably serviceable with Logan Thomas, but Taylor Haneke is not going to be your answer at quarterback. So that's a huge, a bunch of, a bunch of questions there. And I don't know if I'm willing to take that if I'm a free agent quarterback. I think I'm trying to go to a better situation.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, he probably will have a better situation. The only so I love McLaurin. It seems like those late later round draft picks that show out as a rookie, people either are you know all aboard the sell train or all aboard the buy train. I was all aboard the sell train for j Rob. I was all aboard the buy train for McLaurin. And then, you know, he backed it up the next year. And I was even more. And then this year, he really, I thought, truly showed out even higher. Um, I love them. They're a little older. They're turning 27 this year. And they're entering their last year of the rookie deal, so they're a little older. Um, The QB situation just hurts them. I think they have the talent to be one of the best fantasy receivers. Uh, The most stable asset for me in fantasy is Antonio Gibson. Just because I don't think the bad quarterback play can affect their production as much. I want to see what happens with Antonio Gibson if J.D. McKissick leaves. I mean, he certainly has the ability to catch the ball. That's he was primarily a receiver in
1: college. Like, yeah, how do they only have fifty-two targets if you know Antonio Gibson's like he was a good receiver in college and he's absolutely dynamic with the ball in the backfield? Why does he only have fifty-two targets? Like, I don't understand that as an offensive like. Uh, strategy at all especially for a team that um you know you, you really didn't have much in the way of receivers and you know your quarterback is kind of you know he's kind of one of those like you know average kind of guys you know he's he's probably a game. he's probably probably in the um probably a decent enough game manager um to at least for like a superstar a team full of superstars to win but at the same time like I, I was pretty disappointed with how they ran this offense this year. I, I bought Antonio Gibson in the offseason as uh for places I could. Um at least I'm I'm buying him this offseason. But I, I think he's gonna be better than a running back 12 next year. And I, I think if I'm if I'm Washington, I'm trying to get him as many touches as I can.
0: Yeah, I think now's the time to buy Gibson because a lot of people when uh Rivera went there, they're like, Oh, CMC two point oh, you know, Gibson was Valid, crazy high laugh off season i think you know it's kind of the post-type sleeper spot now um because like rb13 rb12 they're two seasons this year they played with i think it was a um a stress fracture in their friend shin the whole season like i can't remember exactly what it was but they had an injury they dealt with the whole year they they're still 23 years old uh they had 36 catches as a rookie 42 this year so right they're trending in the right direction and and hey uh that could that number could go up by 50 percent like they could really have a huge jump there but i totally agree why is he not a huge p- part of the the passing offense like when you have taylor heineke if i'm the oc i'm like i want Antonio gibson to have five catches a game at least he's, dynamic, he's powerful and it's an easy completion for my average quarterback yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking at hundred targets a year if i'm if i'm a yeah I'm a coordinator there yeah um but and and that's top that's top five r b for him if he if he can get in the hundred
1: target range yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm interested to see what happens there um, yeah
0: i love gibson i i um i think there are a lot of people soured on him because he basically just replicated his rookie year for the most part um he wasn't quite the injury a did
1: play a part though you know he was injured for a lot of the exactly, season exactly that's my point it's so, like he played through an injury all year so i do think that's kind of that was that might be partially though why he didn't get his touch the touches that he did you know maybe the, the the you know the medical staff told the told the coaches like hey you know don't don't give him don't work him to the ground you know he doesn't have you know we need to keep him keep him healthy um but, i
0: hear that but he did have 250 rushes so you know it's yeah. like the rushes are typically going to be a lot harder on an, in, you know, a player playing through injury than, uh, than the receptions, you know? So it's like, yeah if anything, I would have been like, let's make him more of a, uh, pass catcher.
1: Yeah. I, I would, I, I think that if they're going to do a committee, like why is JD McKissick your backup, right? Like, why don't you have like Jordan Howard's your backup or like, right. Is exactly. that you know, some other bruiser? Like I, Jordan Howard comes to mind just cause we just talked about him. But, um, you know like james Conner, for example like you know what why didn't you go pick up james Conner to be your bruiser right yeah. but
0: you know what this makes me think of right so we talked about this with pittsburgh and with Baltimore. i was talking about how great the organizations are well the last two teams washington and philly we've been saying like why did they do this why did they do that well it's because they're really bad organizations they're 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 kind of like a laughing stock philly not on the level of washington but they've still got a lot of problems too, but they're Are just we, like, I don't know. You can't trust them to do smart things, I guess. So that's almost mm-hmm. like, Hey, that's a 5% penalty on the value of every player you have on that team.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about the real joke of an organization coming <laughs> up here soon. <laughs> so um, before
0: we do that though, um, any interest in Jared Patterson, he was a superstar at the Mac level in college. He's just, you know, mini me basically.
1: I don't know where he fits, like right. Like you already have two of the same backs like ahead of him, so like yeah, he's just a handcuff for me. I will yeah. say,
0: hey, he had one game with more than twenty nine percent snap percentage, and it was against Philly in the week seventeen. But he scored twenty point eight points on seventeen touches. So I think I don't know. I,
1: he's an interesting I, handcuff. Um, yeah, but at the I took same time, the like, fourth
0: and fifth round a bunch of places last year, and I'm happy with that. Like, yeah, but I just but that's I, my I, level of happiness.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. Like, like he's basically the same receiver or same running back as Antonio Gibson, kind of a receiver out of the backfield that offers you a little bit in terms of between the tackles. Um, but you know, I again, I don't really. I, I feel like you want another like a bruiser in there opposite those two. So why why you would resign J.D. McKissick? I have absolutely no idea. But they might. So I don't think they do. I think McKissick
0: could be a really good low buy for a contender. They turned 29 this summer. Um, so in 2020, they were RB17 with 80 catches. They, they weren't a touchdown pass. They weren't a rusher. It was just all receptions. I think they go to I, – I think they leave. Like I, But who knows? Washington is kind of stupid. But I'm hoping McKissick leaves and goes to somewhere where they need a serious pass catcher, um, maybe go to New England and replace James White. That would be interesting. Uh, I think there are a, a few places that could be very interesting. So actually I think McKissick it is per contender, I'd be trading very low for them as well.
1: Yeah, so we kind of glanced over Terry McLaurin as well. So I just wanted to kind of touch base on him. So he was a wide receiver twenty-five this year, 130 targets, uh 77 receptions, thousand fifty-three yards, five touchdowns. He was the only really receiver roster role in in this team. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel missed most of the year. So, you know, obviously you probably have him on the IR or something, but he had a pretty disappointing season. In terms of the injuries, but um, the only other receiver that was really decent was Adam Humphreys, and I don't think there's really any value, especially because he's a free agent. I don't think there's any value there.
0: Yeah, I have no interest in Humphreys. McLaurin, I love the talent, I really do, but time is not on their side because they're an, they were an older rookie. I feel until they have a just like at least average to you know semi above average QB. I feel like wide receiver fifteen on the year is kind of the the ceiling, which yeah. is too bad because if they were had a really good wide receiver, I think we could be looking at you know wide receiver five on you know any given year. They're they're a superstar. Like you watch them play, and they're just a fantastic route runner. They have great hands. They're they're a really good wide receiver. But uh yeah, the QB is just not going to let them reach your ceiling at the moment.
1: Yeah, and then the tight ends, you know, Logan Thomas is probably your best option there, but he's still not really like, he's probably in the top 10, but he's probably borderline. So Logan Thomas, he's going
0: much later. That's, I I think, is a partial value for, uh, so they're older, right? They turned 31 this summer, but they just got the contract. Um, They're going to be there for at least two years. Uh, I, I see him as, what I see Logan Thomas as, is a good backup for a contending team tight end.
1: I think That's, he's kind of like in that same group as like Eric Ebron was for a while.
0: I see I got him higher. I think he's gonna be, you know, tight end like fifteen, tight end thirteen, tight end seventeen, you know, in the next two seasons, somewhere around there. So, right, if I have a George Kittle, right, and I'm competing, go acquire Logan Thomas on the low, right? So for a few games that Kittle likely misses, you can throw a, a serviceable tight end in your lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has games where, you know, he's going to, because he had three touchdowns in the six games that he played. So, you know, he's a, kind of a touchdown dependent tight end. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a decent tight end in the NFL, especially. So,
0: well, yeah. I mean, so here's the thing he was a converted quarterback. He played, uh, he was like an option style quarterback with Virginia Tech, I believe, uh, quite a while ago, right? He's about to be 31. Um, so he's transition tight end and he hasn't had much success until 2020 and he had that great season he was tight end three overall um and he just did it on huge target share right we talked about how there's not a lot of wide receivers on this team we're particularly interested um so yeah depth piece for me for my dynasty roster um one end. i i actually kind of like john bates do you
1: um are they on your radar at all I don't see. I don't. I don't think he's gonna be anything crazy. Um, you know, he's he's kind of a, a taxi squad guy. I feel like. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you know, I don't. He's nothing more than that to me. You know, he's an interesting prospect, but.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I just want to give a name. Uh, throw the name out. Uh, give some love. I. I mentioned Patterson earlier. His same thing. You know, I, I, I love to play. So I play. I maximize the taxi squad uh, spots you have in my sleeper leagues, which is 30 sleeper. Please increase it. Um, just because I love the idea of, you know, Hey, draft and develop draft and develop. That's my way. I fa- I do dynasty. Um, so yeah, John Bates, I love him as of right. He was a rookie. He, he looked pretty good. He got a lot of, a lot of action this year because Logan Thomas had injuries. He, for these later round picks, uh, that are young, All I'm looking for is, um, you know, proof that they can do something. Like, right, it's just a chance. It makes me think, hey, he could become something. Whereas, right, if I compare him to Diami Brown, who some people were really big on last year, I have no interest. They didn't show anything to me in college that made me think, yeah, that's going to be a good NFL wide receiver. And then as a rookie, didn't see anything either. So that's kind of the difference between – The players for me, it's like, hey, if you show something, I'm interested. If not, I'm going to cut bait and for any price I can get.
1: Yeah, and you know I don't have anything else for this team. Uh, I think we kind of have talked about everything. Um, Who do you think is going to be the receiver opposite Terry McLaurin in 2022? Uh, So, rookie, or do you think it's going to be Curtis Samuel? So, Samuel will
0: be there. Diamond Brown will be there um i do think they draft someone i think it'll probably be a little bit later like third round at the earliest most likely unless someone just falls and they can get really good value in the second um although who knows you know maybe they trade back in the first trying to get extra uh picks for that 2023 class that has much better quarterback prospects that wouldn't be a bad play you know draft go back around and and take a good uh, wide receiver late in the first round. Um, My guess is they're going to bring in an average um, free agent, maybe uh, Michael Gallup, maybe someone
1: on that level. That's my thought. Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's, let's move on to the giants. Uh, So Daniel Jones Um, are you still on board the, uh, Daniel Jones could be a decent quarterback train? So I gotta tell you, I really never was.
0: I was never on the Daniel Jones hype train. I I thought it was ridiculous that they took him at six in that draft. To be fair, I thought they should take Haskins, which clearly was not any better, probably a lot worse, honestly. Um, but no, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is very good. Take pair that with that he's spent, you know, he spent three years. Uh what we need to find out is are they gonna pick up the fifth year option? The deadline for the Giants to do that is May 2nd. Um, why would I, why would they do that? Why would they?
1: Well, I guess that's a that's a kind of a dumb question. Why would Part the Giants of it do is right
0: again? Dysfunctional organization, don't come yeah. and do something you think is smart. But I, I think they should pick pick 'em up. Um like it's really easy for fans to sit on the sidelines and be like, no, like be terrible. Like, like go Owen 17, like not only be so bad, but like get blown out by 15 points per game or 25 points per game. Like it's easy to say that, right? Cause in dynasty, at least that's what I want. If my team sucks, I want to have the first pick guaranteed locked up no matter what NFL owners, NFL coaches, NFL players. That's not their thought one, right? If you do that, guess what? You're going to lose your job as your coach. Uh, so they're gonna try and win, like even if it's like, hey, let's keep this crappy quarterback around for twenty-four million dollars in two thousand twenty-three. I I think they pick it up, not, and that's not because I think that they're a good QB. I just I expect them to pick it up. So it sounds like you don't believe the hi- the hiring of of Dayball is gonna fix the problems with Jones.
1: No, I don't think any of this. I don't. I don't want anybody in this team except for maybe Barkley, and that's just because I feel like Barkley is still a really good running back. Um, but again, the offensive line. I don't know how, we, how many years we said this. How many years have we said the offensive line is just horrible? Five. Yeah, maybe like more. this is ridiculous at this point. Like, how do you not have an offensive line at this point? Um, and and two, and two, all of the the offensive line is pretty much a free agent this year so like well one that's not even necessarily probably a big deal because you know they're all terrible but at the same time like what is going on like what what is this offense looking like next year i don't because they don't have like yeah they have a bunch of picks you don't have enough picks to where you can draft an entire offensive line oh if that's all they pick they might be able to (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you if could. Was you the, could take like a I was like I said, at, like, at five, a tackle at eight. Uh, I've said for guard, the last like two years, I was like it's two and a guard yeah. and a center at their other. They have two threes, so right. That's I've, I've I think I've <laughs> said every
1: year for the past like two years that if I was the the Giants, I would literally just take seven, eight, nine offensive linemen and just hope and pray that they are decent. The issue is their defense is so bad too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean you know, at least if I have an offensive line, at least I can get something to build off of.
0: Yeah. I tend to agree. Like I, I don't love Daniel Jones and maybe if he went somewhere else, he could have become something right. With better development and support and all that. But like, how do you evaluate players, whatever spot they are? If you know, especially on the offense, whether they're receiver a running back quarterback, a lineman, whatever, how do, how can you evaluate them if the other the rest of that like unit stinks like how can you evaluate how good these wide receivers are when they have a crap quarterback when the crappy quarterback doesn't have enough time to pass like so for me it's like yeah sure be terrible on defense you know give up 40 points a game if that's what it takes but build your trenches up protect jones give barkley some running room the man is supremely talented but he's looked average the last few years because of injuries guess what having offensive line i that's better i can't imagine that's gonna hurt uh parkley's you know chances of being injured or sorry uh make it more likely that he's injured so i tend to
1: agree yeah and i mean so despite the quarterback i mean so yeah they need a quarterback but at the same time like I wouldn't trade any of these picks for a quarterback because your quarterback, if you if you get a quarterback, he's just gonna die. Like he's he's gonna die behind that offensive line. The only
0: one I would do is Watson. Because that's his Watson has been in the same situation in Houston his whole career and he's been able to overcome it. Well he's not he's probably not gonna go there. Like I I I, I understand. I'm just saying go go that any of the ones that are, you know, quote unquote on the market. Every other yeah. one I'd be like, Oh crap. They just you know, here comes the ACL injury for that player. Something like that. Yeah.
1: And it's honestly like, cause I mean, we always make fun of the, you know, the, the Bengals offensive line last year. It is, this is five years of having probably the worst offensive line in the NFL or like at least bottom three offensive lines, like five years in a row. Like that's atrocious. I,
0: the, the giants are the worst team in football. Um, I, I didn't write it down, but I was listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast. He, he's, uh, long-time NFL executive. He's he's not in the league anymore. But um, he, I think it was the last 12 years? They have the worst winning percentage in the whole NFL, like by quite a bit.
1: They have a Super Bowl, a couple Super Bowls, though.
0: Yeah, but that was in in 07. Sorry, it was 07-11, so it wouldn't have been 12 years. So it probably would have – because I think it was since the Super Bowl. I think is yeah. what that was. So whatever. What I was just trying Ten
1: to – I was just trying to poke fun at you about the Patriots losing too, but that was all I was trying to do there. Hey, it's been a long
0: time. I've healed. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, uh,
1: you know, so moving on to kind of the run, the wide receivers a little bit, you know, so, so they have – Before we do that,
0: Barkley, how high are you? I know you, it wasn't long ago that you were, you know, just like everyone else with half, half a brain, but that Barkley was the best fantasy running back there is.
1: I think he's still a running back one, right? Like, I don't, I don't see any situation like you know. I think if he's healthy, he's going to be a running back one. That's the thing. It's just injuries. Yeah, and it's because he was he wasn't healthy this year. You know, he got hurt obviously two years ago. So is that knee? You know, is the knee good? Right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I would imagine that he's at least going to be somewhat healthy next year. But at the same time, like, (laughs) I'm not buying him, but I'm definitely not selling him either.
0: Yeah, my concern with Barkley isn't the knee as much. It's the fact that he had the knee and then the ankle. It's like, uh oh, is that a whole injury prone question, you know, starting to come in? Because, right, a lot of people have an ACL, especially running backs and receivers, it's, you know, a hazard of the job almost. But the fact that his next year, when he finally started looking good, he finally started to look pretty good, he rolled his ankle really bad and had that high ankle sprain. So, I'm hoping it's just poor luck and Barkley is back in healthy and he has another great year next year. But he's entering his fifth season. So, right for running backs, time's getting short. I wouldn't have him on a team that wasn't a contender.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. If you keep him, you kind of want him to be on the team on like on a contender. But at the same time, like you don't want to sell him for just pennies on the dollar either. So, you know, I would keep him, see if. He has a bounce back year, and then try to sell him right before the playoffs to a contender.
0: That's a good point, right? Hey, there's no because during the season, right, when you have a good player scoring points on your team, but you want to, right, you you want to lose games so that you have a better pick, right? It hurts you to have those good players right now. That's not happening, so that's a great point. Don't trade him now. Trade him if you want to trade him. Trade him in pre after the second preseason game, and he's. You know, takes one seventy yards to the house, and he looks really great.
1: Like, that's the time to trade him. Yeah, I mean, you're if you're a Saquon Barkley owner, your dream is probably for them to just completely ignore the the quarterback position and just say, you know, we'll give James Jones another year, and then we're gonna draft an offensive line because we need an offensive line like that. Like, you've needed one for five years, right? So, yeah. And I don't think you need any receivers either, because like all these guys are you know good assets. You know, you have. Darius Toney, you have uh, uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, like all four of those guys are serviceable wide receivers and are, you know, good options. Um, you might need a tight end, but you're not drafting a tight end in the first round this year. That's for sure. So, you know, well, I'm not drafting. Yeah, definitely not that high, right? And, but what I'm saying is like I would absolutely take – I would take two tackles if I'm them.
0: And, and this is a really good tackle class, so that wouldn't be a reach. There There is going to be two – Really good tackles there. Unless you and know and Lindbaum. Lindbaum
1: I I love Lindbaum as a prospect. It's too early for a center, man. I don't if care. If you man. want Lindbaum I, trade I back by I ten don't picks. care, man. I if you have a, this bad of an offensive line for this many years, you need an anchor. Just trade back. Give me give me, it's give, me the value, man. give me that's Lindbaum. Give me Lindbaum with Daniel and, Jones.
0: It'd be doing Daniel Jones over again. Trade no, back. It's, if that's I, what you want. I'll
1: I'll take it. Because you know, the thing is, is I need somebody who I think is going to be the leader of my offensive line for the next 10 years. And I think Lynn bomb does that for you. Cause you just don't have anything else, right? Like you need, you need somebody that's going to change the culture of that offensive line. And I think Lynn does that. Even if I am reaching that's, that's just how much I, I like when
0: I get it. Hey, sometimes players you just fall in love with and you know, you just, that's not me. I'm not doing it. I would trade back if that's what I wanted. Um, but you did mention, right? They might need a tight end. Evan Ingram, he just played out his fifth year. Um, I wonder if they bring him back. Do you think he's back in New York?
1: Why would you bring him back? You're a terrible team. If I'm, yeah, I mean, if I'm the Giants, I'm just, I'm letting them go. You know, so that I get a comp. Do you pick.
0: think the New York Giants would let them go? Not would you, if you were the GM? Yeah, I think they
1: will. I don't, I don't see, I don't see any reason why they would. I
0: hope for his sake they do because he's still relatively young. He turns twenty-eight in September. Um he's he's talented. I mean, he's a first round pick for a reason. Like he's he has a big drop problem, that's true. But there are plenty of fantasy productive players throughout history that haven't you know that have a higher drop rate than they should. I just landing spot. That's the thing. I like Ingram as a fantasy To acquire him right now, just because most people like totally left for dead, they have no interest. They think he's garbage. Yeah, so I'll take that low flyer. Hopefully, gets a good landing spot, and he could be my backup tight end on a contender team again. Or, right, I just trade him once you know he starts to have a couple of weeks. Right, so I think there could be value there. But for the Giants, I'm with you. I'm letting him walk and. I don't know, I can bring in some random player or I can just draft someone. How about the receivers? Let's you want to get into the receivers a little deeper?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the big names there are Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony. So, you know, Kenny Galladay's wide receiver seventy nine, Kadarius Tony's wide receiver eighty nine. Um I think Galladay definitely was a disappointment this year and Kadarius Tony, he was actually really good for the you know the the games that he played. Yeah, week five um, was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think that Kadarius Tony, you know, he's he's one of those guys that he's probably not going to be a, like a superstar wide receiver in fantasy, but I think he's he's going to be like that kind of Curtis Samuel mold where he's like a gadget wide receiver that's you know providing you a pretty good amount for your offense, even though you're you know probably he's probably not going to be a number one or number two even. And Sterling Shepard, I think he's so the issue with me with Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney is I think they both are like basically playing the same position. And I don't really know, like, I don't, I, I didn't really get why they drafted Kadarius Tony at the pick, pick that they did. Um, but at the same time, like, I I don't know if I want both Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony at this point. Um, but Sterling Shepard was probably the best wide receiver in New York last year. So. Yeah. I mean, injuries crushed
0: them. Uh, Galladay Shepard and Tony all had a lot of injuries. I think Tony is the most valuable by far in Dynasty, mainly because of age, right? Kenny Galladay's turning twenty-nine and Shepard just turned twenty-nine. Uh, Slayton's younger. He just he just turned twenty-five, but I'm not a big Slayton fan. He he's gotten it worse all three seasons. Um, Tony is like honestly, I undervalued them in, as a rookie. I don't I hated the landing spot, so it's for the best that I did. But, like, they are an elite, elite athlete, right? I mentioned week five. They had 29.6 points, right? If you watch that game, you can't argue. Like, I don't think it's arguable to say that Tony's not, you know, doesn't have huge potential in fantasy because he can stop on a dime. He's very fast. His agility is, is elite. My issue with Tony is where he is. Like, Dayball should help this offense theoretically, but who the heck's going to throw him the ball? Like, unless they're very – going to
1: block for the person throwing the ball.
0: Yeah. I'm. If they can use him well. Now, I don't think he is Debo Samuel because Debo is much more, like, almost a running back. Like, he has much more of a running back build than Tony. Tony's is more slight. But I think that they need to be doing that. They need to be getting jet sweeps. They need to be doing lots of screens. They need to be creative. And with creativity, Tony could be very valuable. You know what helps you with those those screens though? Blocking and a run game.
1: A really good center. <laughs>
0: uh, I swear, are you uh, are you
1: Limbom's agent or something? I might be. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be his agent. Were. I'll be his agent. Absolutely. You
0: wish. I do too. So yeah, I could him sell. I could sell him. Good, I uh, can sell him
1: pretty good. I'll tell you that. But yeah, because yeah, I mean. He's a definitely a huge upgrade from whatever they have now, and I'm telling you, if you're going to be a big screen team, you need you need really good guards and you need a really good center, and uh, you know they don't have a, either of those at this point. So, um, like I said, I would absolutely, if I was the um, uh, New York Giants, I would go first pick a tackle, first pick center, second pick tackle, third pick guard, third pick guard, fourth pick tackle. Fifth pick, guard, fifth pick, guard, sixth pick, probably guard, and then maybe the seventh will be a tackle again. Yeah. So yeah, Robert was just reading off the uh, rounds of picks they have.
0: So they have yeah. two ones, one two, two threes, two fives, and yeah. a six Every six single
1: out. per every single pick's gonna be an office lineman. If I'm if I'm uh Man, giants.
0: I bet you could go on to Bet MGM or some other a uh, betting site that unfortunately does not yet sponsor our podcast and get some amazing odds for that, uh that prediction.
1: They're absolutely not going to do that. Though. but you know. <laughs> No, no chance at all, but that's I would your do recommendation. That, I would do that. If you have a terrible offensive line, for, I, I just keep on saying this. If you have a terrible offensive line for five years, you should just draft. Every single player should be an offensive lineman.
0: Yeah, they certainly need to address their O-line bad. I'd be bringing in free agents. I'd be using multiple, draft picks at least one of those first on a on lineman they need to do that um so i actually was a huge fan of kenny galladay and he's just broken my heart because he can't stay healthy and he's on a terrible team so for me who if eh, maybe if they're like my wide receiver six or seven on a contending team i think they have value but anything more than that, I'm totally out. He's older and he's had injury problems and he's not on a bad team. So I would sell him for, I'd sell him for fourth round pick in 2022, which is, which is sad because it wasn't long ago. He was valued as a top 20
1: dynasty receiver. I I don't know if I do that. I would, I, I, I would do pretty much the same thing with, with Barkley. I would try to keep him and see if he rebounds.
0: Yeah, I, I'm out. I'm out on Galladay. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Barkley is also at a way higher level of talent. Like I think Galladay is a good player, but honestly, him being in, with Stafford I think was a big part of it. because I think they were a really good combo. Can well, Galladay, the- he's a big jump ball receiver and and we all know for sure and if anyone didn't know we after the Super Bowl run we know that uh Stafford will chuck it up. He doesn't he doesn't care.
1: So, I mean, my thing is like, you know, what are you getting with that fourth round pick this year? You know, it's not like this class isn't really all that great. So I'd rather either, I'd rather get a 2023 pick or I'd rather keep them and see if I can get a better 2023 pick.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: I, yes, I
0: certainly would want something more, but worst case scenario, right? If I'm just a bad team and I can't get anything better, I would do the fourth. You know what am I getting? I'm just getting youth. I'm getting a dart throw of a youth, and and hopefully they turn into something. Because if I'm a bad team, I just I want to be bad. I don't want to be bad on paper. I want to be bad. I want to lose every game. And I don't believe doing that and by you know sitting good players or anything. But if I trade them away, I, yeah, that's fine in my book.
1: Yeah. So I don't have anything else about the Giants. You know I could probably talk about the offensive line for years, but
0: yeah, no, I, I, I think we did a good job, uh, going over the NSE East
1: here. Do you want to, um, I, do you want to wrap us up? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, um, we appreciate everybody for listening. Um, thank you so much for, uh, all the comments we've been getting. Um, and you know, uh, please give us a follow on Twitter at bubblehead FFB. Um, and you can find both of our uh, accounts on there as well. Um, if you do look on there and, We are hoping that everybody gives us a listen for the next episode this week. Uh, So we're going to be doing the NFC North. So looking forward to everybody listening to that as well. And um, we appreciate everybody for your time. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys.